Hey, what's up? Good morning, everyone. And welcome back to another edition of the show. It is episode 302. It's May 4th, 2022. May the 4th be with you. And uh, of course, we're joined as always by Kyle Klingman. Kyle, how the heck are you today? Didn't know all about that, but I kind of forgot till you said it. Now I'm giggling. All right, perfect. Um, U.S. Open this last weekend. A lot of awesome things. Um, you were there. What are your takeaways? Well, number one takeaway is I couldn't keep up with everything. There were people I didn't know were there until the very end of the tournament. And even looking at the results, I was looking like I didn't even know this dude was in it just because there was so much going on. But man, what what great competition across the board and great storylines. And I know we have one on today that's probably my favorite storyline. So I can't wait to hear from him. Yeah, let's uh, let's not mess around. Let's bring him on. It's Kendrick Maple. He was, of course, champion at 65 kilos, men's senior freestyle. Um, but he's retired, kind of, I think, or I don't know. But he's he's, he's coaching at Missouri, my alma mater. Uh, super proud to call him a Tiger today. And uh, and that he came out of nowhere and won it. Kendrick, how are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm great, man. Thanks for joining us. Um, I guess what we were just speaking about, how do you feel, I guess, physically and emotionally, coming through the tournament I think you had four or five matches and I don't think you probably wrestled four or five real matches in a day for a while yeah no it was uh fun I feel feel good physically and just emotionally mentally I think I'm in a really good spot all right uh I was trying to think I know you wrestled Logan Steve in the finals of 2017 world team trials did you compete again after that was that it I think it was a little bit of break after that. And then I think it was JB and Green convinced me to do the World Cup. Uh, and that was probably my last competition. I think that was in 2018. Did you? And you said they had to convince you. I saw Lauren Burroughs tweet out about like, you know, they, they tried to convince you to wrestle uh, at some time in the past too. Was it like, nah, I'm retired? And they were like, no, come on and do it. Or was it like, do you want to do it? And you're like, sure. Uh, I mean, they had to pull a little bit. I think I still kind of, I, I'm trying to think back now. I think I wanted to a little bit, but I definitely was a little stubborn, but uh, they, they pulled me through on that one, so. Okay. And why? Why did you retire, right? There could be a lot of reasons, and I'm sure there's good ones, but you you were near the top, right? You the World Team Trial Finals. Um the grind, the weight cut, loss of motivation, or just wanted to turn your attention to coaching or something else? Yeah, I would say definitely I had love as being pushed different ways. So I had my family. I, I got two boys now. Um, and then coaching, like it's my passion. So that those are my two big loves and something I had to sacrifice. And because I, I tried to compete a little bit and I just remember missing you know, my boys doing different things. When I got home, they are completely different people. <laughs> they're, they're sure new things happening every day. Um, and then coaching wise, like I felt like I couldn't pour into my guys a hundred percent. And so it started to affect me to where I was like, man, I'm felt like I was given everything halfway. And I, it's just, it's not my personality. I wanted to give it, give it my all. So that's what the sacrifice. I was like, I got to give up one. And that was the one I wanted to. Okay. So I, that makes sense. And I understand that. Did you still feel like you had it? I mean, I would say the results this weekend show that you do, but as you, you know, in 18, 19, 20, 21, when you're, you're wrestling in the room and I hear these rumors from Keegan and other guys in Missouri, like he, 
beats everybody up to 84. And uh, maybe they're exaggerating, maybe they're not, but did you still feel like you had it? But, you know, we understand why he did retire. Yeah, I mean, I definitely still still feel like I have it. I think, um, you know, I don't think that's ever changed. I've always had fun and think I'm confident in myself. Um, but, yeah, I don't, I don't think it changed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so, and tell me about this wager. I know it's been brought up before, but we'll just recap it real quick with uh, Keegan. <laughs> yeah, so Keegan, and actually, I'm pretty sure it was Big Dom to put him up to it. So I blame him a little <laughs> bit, too. But, uh <laughs> No, Keegan, you know, me and him are really close. He's a special individual. And, you know, it's hard for me to say no to the dude. If he wants to come in and work out extra, all this stuff, we'll we'll make it happen. And, you know, he made that. He was like, well, I bet you I'll win a world title. You'll come back and wrestle the Open. I'm like, no, we're not doing this. <laughs> and so it took probably four or five days. And then he just caught me on a really good day. And he was like, let's make the bet. And so we shook on it. And as soon as I shook on, I was like, this dude's winning the world title. Like I might as well start getting ready for the, for the open now. Uh, and so like, that was probably still four months before the world championship. So um, it's been a long time coming since that bet, but I felt like I had to make a, I had to be a man of my word on that. <laughs> it's almost ironic that one of the reasons you retired was because you didn't feel like you could give full effort to the athlete while still training yourself, but yet it was like a, a connection and a relationship with an athlete that led you back to competition. Uh, what was the training like? Did, did you put on a, a full training camp or whatever you want to call it? Do you feel like you were, you were training a hundred percent or were you coaching and like working out, training yourself on the side? Yeah. I mean, I, I think we still, I'll still work out pretty much all the time with our guys, regardless with during the season. So there's yeah. always that bottom line shape, um, and that's folk style base. Uh, but right probably around nationals times, I started picking up freestyle workouts a lot more. Um, and then after nationals, it was all freestyle. And the training was different because this whole time, I had a different mindset going to the competition than I ever had before. Um, so the training, there was like, there's times where I had to come in, I wouldn't have any structure. It was my whole goal was to either break my partner or have a couple guys rotate and try to break me. And that's, it was just, a, and I was having fun with it. And so it was, it was a very interesting process leading up to it. Is there something about that? Um, I guess lack of structure or, or the way you're describing it, that maybe there is even more freedom. I know when a lot of people are, are training there, there's probably a lot of, they put pressure on themselves and they set up these expectations and it's, it's everything you're working for. So it's maybe more important. And maybe people put too much importance on it, but it sounds like you were, I don't know, freeze the right word, but more relaxed. Were you more relaxed? Yeah, it was definitely one of my goals. I had two real goals going to the competition. And one was to kind of test the product out that we're pushing, right? We're telling our guys, this is how we want to be. This is who we are is tiger style. Um, and it is to have fun. It's a sport. It is to give it everything you've got, and it is to wrestle free. Like, we do a lot of practice where we do spar a lot, and the guys get to flow. Um, but that mindset, it's, it's so much more of a growth mindset. And if I'm telling my guys this, I want to be able to do it. I want to be able to, you know, and that, that's something I wanted to see from this tournament. Can I go out there and wrestle and have fun? Can I go out there and wrestle free? And it felt like I did. <laughs> Since your last say the World Team Trials or the World Cup back in 2018, have you developed 
or gotten better more like technically, physically on the mat or, or mentally in this free mindset that you're describing? Definitely would say both. Uh, I think I've gotten better technically. There's a lot of stuff you learn just, I mean, I, we learn every day as coaches, we're learning. It's not just us in there teaching our guys. We're learning stuff from, you know, Noah Certain, Alan Hard, Keegan, Jared, all these guys. Um, so you pick up little things on the way. And then the mindset, especially since I've been here at Mizzou, it's been, you know, under Brian Smith's leadership, like you just learn that special growth mindset that, that, he allows you to wrestle how you want to wrestle. And it's, it's a very freeing experience. Well, I, I, uh, I think back to the, what you're describing is not the, the 2000 tiger style, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was grind and, and work hard and yeah. all that. We still um, work hard. <laughs> I, I wasn't thinking that we just fun wasn't preached. Right. You know, it was like building a culture and, and all those things, which is like what it takes to build a program. I'm sure. And, and Brian's been amazing along the way, but I, I know he has evolved and changed. What have you learned from him as, as a coach and or a competitor? Maybe you've already touched on it, but, but since at, at your time there. Yeah. I mean, I, I think definitely that growth mindset and he's learned just from the other guys. He's like, I, that that vulnerable piece I don't see in a lot of head coaches. They always want to be, this is the only way to do it. And this is my way where, you know, he learned from Ben Askren, a lot of stuff, a lot of the mindset. And so he's always willing to learn and that produces a culture that's willing to learn. And so now I come, get to come in the room every day and I'm not just going to go tell everybody how to do everything. I'm definitely going to coach, but it's a learning environment. How has it been with, you know, I think I know Keegan's been off the mat. He had him on a couple weeks ago, um, but just any of the guys you're training with, what's is there a difference in the uh, the rapport or the relationship, like the the way you they, you guys treat each other? Or they treat you like when it's training for Coach Maple, like not for for the competitor. Yeah. These guys jumped all over it. These guys love it. <laughs> I get texts all the time where they're either making fun of me or congratulate. It's just uh, we got a bunch of clowns. And so the the coaching side, now they're we have a lot of guys who are just they, they're like, yeah, let me be your partner. Let me come in. And, you know, it may be miserable for them sometimes or we get a scrap and <laughs> it can get rough. But um, they enjoy it. They encourage it. And it's been it's been a it's been really refreshing, I guess, trying to come back and train and these guys like just being right there to support me. Have you learned anything about being a competitor that maybe helps you? It may not, right? I don't know. I'm just making stuff up here that, that, that will help you relate with your athletes more. Maybe there's something like once you get back into competition, there's things you realize that you forgot about being a competitor. Yeah, I think the the buildup. I know it was one thing. Uh, there's a couple things I wanted to test out with this because my old self would used to. I would let some fears like slowly build up until I got to competition, right? And then I felt like I've still found ways to cope with them, but it was always a band aid effect. Um, and so the fear of failure, fear of loss, fear of you know getting tired, whatever it is. And so I would always just try to have positive thoughts and take deep breaths, but going into this tournament, you know, some of the mental training we've been doing as a team, like I was able to put it to test. And so now I get to go back and tell my guys, I think that, Hey, this stuff, like I, I said, it worked before, but now I really know it works before <laughs> it works. So um, it's, it's, 
it's pretty cool. It's a, and I, I think there's a lot of things I like me and a couple of guys did a Bible study plan on fear right before the tournament. And some of those things I picked up and was able to repeat to myself and it helped out during the matches. And so that's stuff I can take back from my guys. Are there any specifics you can share with us about like this mental training you're talking about, or is this top secret and we're not, we're not giving secrets away. It's top secret. All you number one recruits, you got to come to find out. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Um, and, and, and that was leading up. Let, let's talk about like getting to Vegas and, and like being prepared for the competition. Was it the same thing where you maybe fears in the past weren't there or channeled, I guess, kind of is what you're saying differently. Yeah, I think they definitely, they, they would pop up those, those, my, those, those doubts would pop up, but I was able to handle them so much more. And I mean, one of the reasons, I think one of the biggest inspirations going to the tournament it was my second goal of the tournament. It was, I don't want to tear up or anything, but my soul, my, I wanted my high school coach to be in my corner for my finals. I want to make the finals and put him in the corner and win it for him. Uh, he's, uh, so back in February, he got diagnosed with terminal brain cancer, um, just out of nowhere. He's a healthy individual, awesome man of God, just amazing person. He calls me and tells me, and I'm like, I'm like bawling. I'm like, this is crazy like it was the glioblastoma cancer so he only has what they say averages 12 months and so I was like how how the heck am I going to be able to deal with this and he's like as cool as calm as a cucumber he's like happy and he's like he starts quoting verses like Mark eleven twenty four to me he's like I'm going to pray about it I'm going to believe in it and I'm going to be healed he's saying like just that kind of faith and it kind of puts life in perspective. Like I go into this wrestling tournament and people are putting everything and they're making it life or death. And, you know, I think there's an element to that you got to wrestle, like, you know, your life depends on, it. but then also you got to be, hold it in your hand free and just say, hey, this is, this is just fun. This is a process. It's not about winning and losing. It's about just enjoying the moments. And so I wanted to enjoy that moment with them. I got to put them in my corner and it was a, it was a special thing. That's awesome. It's almost like, uh, aside from the things you described about mental training with your athletes and, and trying out the things you're practicing, what you're preaching. Now you have like a, a different perspective to even maybe lessen the burden of actual wrestling. Yeah. Right. Yep. Definitely took a step back and just realized it's, it's, it's wrestling. This is what you're blessed to do and you get to go have fun and do it. Yeah. Um, okay. You make weight, assuming you peek at the brackets. I know we tell our kids that we say one match at a time, but did you did, but it's also almost nearly impossible not to kind of look through and see how things might play out. What yeah. would you think when you kind of, when you looked at the brackets and was it the same feeling as, as an athlete before? <laughs> It definitely wasn't as nerve wracking as it was before when I was an athlete, even when I, so they had the seeds come out and I wasn't looking at any of it. And I get, I think it was uh hard or Edmund or one of my guys come up and just start just like, Oh, you got the six seed. Dang. That's disrespectful to sit. <laughs> and they're just clowning around and all this stuff. And so, but it didn't matter. Like it, at the end of the day, like I saw who I had and I was like, sweet, let's see what we can do. Sweet. Let's see what we can do. Um, and it was more of a positive mindset, like, hey, what can I do to this guy? How can I wrestle this guy as worse? This is who I got. Uh-oh. <laughs> and 
And I want to get to watching a couple of the matches, but did you think, right? And I, I was, we had McFadden on yesterday and there's, there's, it's like, did you believe you could win one? And two, did you believe you were going to win? Right. Two different kind of two, definitely two different questions, but very similar. But did you think you could win? And did you honestly be like, I'm going to win this? Did you think you were going to win? Yeah, that's been something I think I've had for a long time. I don't know. I think I owe it to my dad or maybe my uncle always beating me I'm up in Madden, but like I'm just very competitive. <laughs> and so uh, I've, I've always walked into a tournament no matter where it was. I remember my freshman year, like I was I don't think I was ranked very high, but I went in nationals and I'm like, I'm winning this thing. And you couldn't have told me differently. And I was crushed when I lost. I was like, how? <laughs> and I was just a freshman, just a no name. And so it's uh, it's something I've always carried into every tournament. Just if someone's got to win it, why can't I win it? Sure. Okay. Um, come on. I believe it was your first two two matches, maybe three. Well, we're gonna start. We don't want to start watching the quarters, but you you came out and I think you had two tech balls before that. Just were you just like, yeah, I'm rolling. This is how this is how I envisioned it. Yeah, I mean, I, I planned on going out and having fun. And once I got into it, I was like, this is, yeah, this is a good time. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Um, Tyler, our producer, I'm going to ask you if you can pull up that, that quarterfinal match against Luke Pletcher. We're going to watch this and just kind of hear your thoughts through it. You can walk us through, tell us what you're thinking or what's going on or, or what's, how's it playing out. So if we can yeah. pull that up, Tyler. I was excited to wrestle this match because I've seen him wrestle before and, you know, he's a tough competitor. Actually, one of my practice partners, uh, Loveless, he's pretty short like him. So I was like, oh, I've been trained for this. <laughs> I'll uh -huh. see how it goes. There we go. So he was, I mean, you know, considered an NCAA champion in 2020. Obviously, nobody got to wrestle, but he was – the number one seed and really, oh, dang. <laughs> Just makes it look easy. <laughs> you wrestled folk style all season with, with the team. What'd you say? You had like four weeks of maybe four weeks of straight freestyle? Yeah. Yeah. About somewhere around there. So. Was it like riding a bike? <laughs> Yeah, it was a fast bike. <laughs> it was like a <laughs> bike up some hills. So it, it was definitely uh, it was an interesting experience going, being back on the mat, feeling the crowd, feeling the lights underneath you. It's, it's, it's definitely a fun place to be. Are you kind of guy who thinks when he's out there, you just like just move and when the match is over, you can maybe look back and try to remember what happened? yeah typically i don't think very much i look back and people tell me what i did and i'm like i have no clue i have to go back and watch film like this to <laughs> remember the match uh-huh what's complete opposite of like keegan if you ask him how he wrestled back in 2016 <laughs> against you know a kid in some no-name tournament he'd remember every move it's crazy <laughs> yeah you're you nailed it man we had we had him on this show um uh, a week or two after ncaa's and he's talking through the minutia of these positions and like, you know, I turn my hip this or a little bit too far this way or that way, or I just, yeah. He's breaking down all kinds of details. Oh yeah. He's a perfectionist. I have to get on him every once in a while for it. <laughs> I 
Do you come into matches? You know, some people come in with like a game plan or a strategy. Are, are, are you at all like that? Or are you just like letting it fly, whether it's a, considering the opponent or not? I think that definitely depends on the person. Like there's guys that I know need the structure. They need a game plan. I feel like I, me personally, I go in and just try to wrestle my match. Um, kind of get a feel as I go because, you know, I, every guy is going to be different. Um, I did know he had a swim high C, which is good. So oh, I was ready for that. <laughs> just like big brother, big brother then. He just, I mean, that's a little league move. I don't mean that. <laughs> like, it's obviously you hit at the highest level, but. Yeah. Hey, so what do you call that move? We got played uh, on our uh, team. I mean, snake, pancake. Um, Keegan's going to be listening to this. I know he, he heard it there first. It's called a snake, Keegan. He thinks it's called a honey badger. It drives me crazy. A what? A honey badger. That's what they call the snake. <laughs> these, these, new, these kids. Yeah, these young bugs. I, I just can't do it, man. Honey badger doesn't even look like a honey badger. He's not even a, he's not a, he's not a senior level U.S. Open champion, so I think you got one up on him. Um, so we'll call it that. So that was that, man. Um, and I, I think we'll maybe just skip to the final because I know that that's that uh, semifinal with with uh, Lugo was very. How, how would you describe them? It was three two, right? And it, it was more of a positional battle. I feel like. Yeah, it was a frustrating match. Uh, anytime you wrestle a guy with that style, it's, I just I, I I I don't like it, and I respect it because it, it definitely works, but. Uh, it was just slowing down the match and it's on me. I got to do a way better job of getting to my shots. It's actually, it was funny because I, I got out of that match and I go look at my phone and it's Keegan and he's, but he's, it just says, you suck. <laughs> he said, you suck and shooter shoot. And so that actually helped me in my finals match because like, I, I was like, oh yeah. So we were talking stuff back and forth that night. And I'm like, I'm shooting within the first 15 seconds of my next match, no matter what, like I can't, <laughs> I can't let him text me like this again. <laughs> Did you get a late takedown? Like uh, with, I don't know, 30 seconds, right. To win in the semis, if I remember. Yeah, it was a little later. I don't remember exactly when it was, but yeah. So okay. it was a lot of hand fighting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's how Lugo wrestles. Um, and so we'll come to the finals and we'll pull that up in just a second. But like, what do you do the day of, right? You wrestle the semis, you wrestle everything through the semis on the first day, break, maybe cut some weight that, well, well, let's talk about your weight. Did you have to cut much weight? I know you wrestled 61 in, in your previous as a competitor. Yeah, but, not much. I probably weigh 48, 49. Um, so it was basically a workout to get down. And then, you know, I was actually upset. I had a, me and Dom had to do like, like we checked our weight after our last match that Friday night. And I remember I was like a pound over a pound point seven. I was like, man, I kind of want to eat a little bit more. So I had to do a little bit of warming up in the hallway. Dom did too. I was like, you're supposed to be a heavyweight and I'm not supposed to be cutting weight. <laughs> I was a little upset. <laughs> All right, but uh, so not a whole lot to cut. But what do you do? What do you do Saturday? I think you go weigh in at eight a.m., but you're not going to wrestle till like eight. I don't know, seven or eight p.m. What do you do during the day? That's always the the tough part about the finals. You got to wait so long, the anticipation for it. But um, I got to go watch. We had some guys wrestling still, so Brock Mahler was still wrestling, so I had to go watch him. 
uh, some of our commitments, like Ryan Boersman, those guys were wrestling. So that was a cool part. I guess he was in the final, so he was waiting. But I got to go watch a little wrestling and then just hang out in the hotel room. All right. Uh, showing up at the arena, getting getting ready. Are you emotionally nerves? Where, where were you at? Still pretty loose or did it ever? It was surprisingly calm. I was just fine. It was just joking around with Matt Manley, a.k.a. Catfish. <laughs> I was joking around with him the whole time and Coach Smith and Dom. So it was, we had a good we had a good support group with my family there, too. So it was a very relaxing place to be. Okay. And uh, let's pull it up. Let's pull up this, this championship finals. 65 kilos against uh, Matt Kalodzik. What do you think, you know, did you give any much thought to Kalodzik? Did you know much about him, how he wrestled? Um, I knew he was a really good wrestler. Um, my coaches kind of told me a couple of the shots he did, um, but I was way more just excited to get out of the mat and be in the finals. I was just... Yeah, I wanted to shoot within the first 15 seconds. <laughs> Shot within the first six. I didn't want to get made fun of again. <laughs> and it, you I mean you made it look easy? That's not you know, Klotzik's a stud, but you just like go go gadget on, got your legs. She's got to be feeling great here. Did the confidence gain throughout the tournament? Uh. After the first match, I would say it was it was there. I, the first match, you just never know how you'd come back. But after that one, I was pretty confident. All right, talk me through this. Like, I'll go backwards. Yeah, so I've – this will – I will say I picked up from Keegan. So I'll give him the credit on this. But that adjustment he's made, he makes in there um, is something that I felt – he hasn't done it to me live. Don't don't get a twist to Keegan. <laughs> but I felt him drill it, so it was really cool. So and there's my high school coach there. That was really cool. So, oh man, that's awesome. What's his name? Mike Church. Mike Church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is. Yeah, I was a little close to the edge, so I didn't want to take it too far forward. So getting that foot up was nice. And then once I saw the mat get hit, that was, was a good time. Explain to me how you feel right here. Oh, man. I just immediately looked over my coaches, my high school coach, and it was just raw emotion. I was like, this is awesome. I had to go hug him. Unfreaking real. You know, I'd heard, you know, I heard everybody talking, the Mizzou guys, about what you've been doing in the room and, and some other people around the community. And holy shit. He, not the holy shit he's got it, he, but he did it. And not only, he went out and dominated everybody. A close one against, um, a close one in the semis against Lugo. But otherwise, it was just like, were you at all surprised that you had, like dominated to this degree, or you're like, no, I kind of knew I had it. That's what I was expecting, not in a, in a cocky way, just a confidence. That's like, that's what I hope for. It's more what I hope for. Like I, I hope to go out and get a pen and put on the show every time. Um, I'm glad it happened. It, I could see it going any other way. So. Um, like I said, the win and loss, and it wasn't important to me. It was just, let's go out there, smile on our face, have some fun. And it was fun. Uh, Klingman, Kyle, I got a question. You've been watching wrestling and like you have an index in your head that goes on for decades, probably. Can you remember a guy taking off, what was it, four, almost five years? And he said he competed once in the last five years. 
Can you remember a guy taking off that much time and then coming back and having this dominant of a performance? I can. I can. Uh, Chris Campbell did it in the uh, in the 90s. He uh, he took off from 81 and then uh, came back in 90 after a nine-year layoff, 34 years old, uh, and then made a world team. So he got a world silver the next year in 1990. So um, that's the one that comes to mind for me. Okay. Sure. I can make a word. I think you wanted me to say no. I think you wanted, he was baiting me to say no. I can't well, think of it. I, I, thought, I thought the answer would be no, but that's a great segue. He went on to make a world team and earn a medal. But the $64,000 question, Kendrick, uh, are you still thirsty? Do you want more? Will we see you at the world team trials? I want some more. I want some more. <laughs> I, will, I will be there, barring anything else. <laughs> Oh, man, Dude, this is going to be sick. Oh, Yanni, McKenna, you, um, a host of others. And you'll be, you'll be the number one seed, right? Yep. That's at least what I've been told. <laughs> <laughs> um, as we, obviously, this would be a step closer to Final X, right? Um, and, and, with, and then more on the line. Do you think you'd be able to bring the same carefree spirit attitude that you had or, or will you get dialed in more or, you know, a change in how you feel you think? I don't know the future, but the last thing I want to do is lose the freedom I just had out on the mat. So I, I'm going to do everything in my power to stay loose and have fun with it because at the end of the day, I could go out and get teched i can go get all text well it's it's more about the process so i'm going to try to keep that mindset going in and we'll see how it goes man this is this is pretty wild i'm, pre I'm pretty excited about this um uh, i was already excited about coral bill but you just give me another reason to not crank it up a notch so we appreciate that and i think i speak for everybody else except maybe some of the 65 kilo guys uh <laughs> we love it we love it. So thanks for doing it. Um, Kyle Klingman's also got probably a set of questions here since you hardly broke a sweat at the U S open. He's going to try <laughs> to make you sweat here with, uh, with some tough questions. So, and we, and we also got to just add in, we're, we're talking about comebacks. Kale Sanderson did it too. 2004 oh, won the gold medal came back in 2011, made the world team. So there's a, there's another one to add to the list. Bar set high. Yeah. Bar set high <laughs> with those two cats. They're good. All right. So you said you wanted to eliminate fear. I'm, I'm assuming this is going to put some fear into you. We have a game called Sweat It Out, five questions. So are you ready to go? I am. All right. Number one, what's the nickname of Toronto's NHL hockey team? I have no idea. <laughs> the nickname? Yep, nickname. All right. It is the Maple Leafs. <laughs> there we go. I should assume that. <laughs> I, see how you I, was, there. <laughs> I, I was kind of confused too, until I heard the answer. <laughs> All right. Number two, what runner from Wichita, Kansas was the first high schooler to break four minutes in the mile? Ooh, dang. Now I'm attacking my city pride. Jeez. I did not know that either. <laughs> His name, and he was also a, a congressman for your state, Jim Ryan. 
Okay. His name. I think I know that. Yep. yep. Uh, number three, what sugary condiment tastes best over waffles and pancakes? Syrup. <laughs> yeah, maple syrup. But, but I'll, yeah. <laughs> maple syrup. Better be maple syrup. <laughs> Ding! Yep. Uh, number four, who did you wrestle in the first round of the 2013 NCAA championships? That's a tough one. The first round? Yep, first round of 2013. Year you won it, so we got to give you credit that you you won the tournament that year. Like I said, I have terrible memory with a style. I know <laughs> Joey Laser was like either quarters or the second, but he was second round. Second he round. Was second round. First round. Yeah, was, I do not know the answer to that question. I told you, Kyle, Kyle's got a database that just goes back. I bet he can tell you the score, he, how it well, happened. I, I had to look it up, but it was Frank Goodwin of Maryland. Here we go. What was the yeah. score? Uh, 13-1, you won. So you got you got bonus points. And then number five, who sings the song Money Tree featuring J-Rock? <laughs> no clue either. Vader As the first thing, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna, uh, my guess is Kendrick, someone. Yeah, Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. <laughs> hey! <laughs> teamwork he got that one that counts that counts that counts that was great all right that's it you uh you got right. out I'm one you for ten on that <laughs> i think you were three you went over two but you came back and you got two out of two out of the last three so don't finish um so yeah so so um so world team trials a non you're in a weight where nobody won a medal last year. So basically you have to make it to the semifinals. I'm, I'm sure you probably know that, but for anybody at home listening, um, anybody who medaled at uh, last year's worlds or Olympics is sitting out until final X. So in those weight classes, the winner of the world team trials will move on to wrestle that competitor at, the, at final X and the event that there was no medalist last year, such as 65 kg, you're going to wrestle the world team trials to the semifinals stop. And then those two competitors will wrestle uh, each other in final X for the best two out of three for the right to represent the United States on the world stage. And let's just, let's get crazy here and just go hypothetical. You let's say you win the world team trials, you win final X. Let's get crazy. You say you win worlds. Is there any chance you go back next year or, or think about an Olympic run? I know it's early, but let's not count. Let's not get crazy and count anything out. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm living day by day, but as I tell people all the time, like I told people going to this, it was like, I just know I'm competitive. I know what I'm like. So if that, if I win a world title, it's going to be hard to stop. I'm going to have that itch. <laughs> so. Awesome, man. Awesome. Yeah. I, sorry. I was asking people, I was, I asked catfish, Matt Manley. I asked Brian Smith. I asked a few other, you know, I was like, Hey, if Kendrick wins, what do you, you know, I'm trying to get information from them. And they said, dude, he's day to day. He's hour to hour, actually, at this point. So, <laughs> uh, but I'm super glad to hear that you're doing it. Um, like I said, it was, it was an awesome story. The whole thing that you came back and were so dominant and won. And I, I guess maybe my favorite part is like this, this mindset that you've been and, and Brian and, and this program's been preaching now about carefree and, and just it's easier said than done, right? Like just wrestle with no stress, have no pressure, go ahead. You can say that, 
but to do it and, and, and pull it off as something else. So, um, thank you for being an example of that. And, um, man, I, I just, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a, a treat to watch you wrestle. It's been a treat to sit here and have a conversation with you. And we're really looking forward to seeing you out in Coralville, May 21st and 22nd. So, um, we're, we're pretty much wrapped up here, but I want to give you the last word. Um, anything you want to say about anything, shout out, a joke, say hi to somebody. Uh, no, just thanks for having me on. All glory to God. My coach is getting his first MRI today. Actually, it was right during this interview. See if he oh, wow. post chemo. So pray your prayers up for him and we'll see you guys in a couple weeks. All right. I thought to do go out to coach church. Um, thanks for, for sharing that with us as well. And obviously we're, we're wishing the best for him. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Kendrick. Have a great day. We'll see you in Iowa. Right. Wow, Kyle. What a story. What a, what, what, what a, yeah, what a story. This is going to be, it's going to be an awesome time in Iowa. And uh, so that's going to do it for today's show for Kyle Klingman and Kendrick Maple. I'm Mark Bader. Thanks so much. We'll see you next time. Where are you, Mark? Are you in Austin? No, I can't. I think it's Austin. <laughs> I don't think.